to CFRC 101.9 FM. You're listening to a special edition of The Scoop. I'm Dinah Jansen. In a scheduled announcement on December 21, 2020 at 1.24 p.m., Ontario Premier Doug Ford stated that his government would implement a province-wide shutdown effective 12.01 a.m. December 26, 2020. The announcement came as Ontario reported 2,123 new cases of COVID-19 and the release of new projections on intensive care unit capacity and the potential failure to keep up with an influx of patients if further restrictions are not enacted. The Premier also announced the province's plan to curtail cases through testing of air travellers, including 63,000 weekly passengers through Pearson Airport, according to the Premier. Ford indicated that the shutdown is a temporary one-time measure and told audiences that they should leave their homes only when necessary, for example, to retrieve groceries or medication and for medical appointments. Essential businesses like grocery stores and pharmacies will remain open at reduced capacity, while other retailers will open only for curbside pickup and delivery only. This lockdown will be in place for 14 days in communities in northern Ontario and for 28 days in southern Ontario communities. The Premier also said schools are not part of the problem of COVID-19 in communities, but school closures over the winter break will be extended. Students from junior kindergarten through grade 8 will resume in-class instruction on January 11th, and high school students will resume remote learning also on the 11th and return to in-class instruction on the 25th. Ford also announced the launch of a new Ontario Small Business Support Grant offering eligible small businesses a minimum of $10,000 and up to $20,000 to support them during the lockdown. Now over to CFRC News Coordinator Alex Fernandez with a report on Premier Ford's responses to media questions. Thank you so much, Dinah. In the question and answer period of the conference, Ford was repeatedly questioned by reporters as to why he was waiting five days to initiate this provincial-wide lockdown and not shutting down the province sooner than the 26th of December. Ford, as well as the Ontario Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, stated that they wanted to give stores and retailers time to hunker down and get ready to go into lockdown. It is not a process that businesses can get done overnight as they have to take things such as inventory into concern to prepare for the temporary closing down of their business. Another question was posed with regards to professional hockey. The NHL season is set to begin on January 13th with a special condensed 56-game schedule. However, due to border restrictions, a special North Division was created for the seven Canadian teams that exist within the NHL for the upcoming season. But health officials from the five different provinces have yet to approve a plan for this season. Some questions posed with regards to the NHL season included, will players be traveling from rink to rink within the country? Will the season stop as it did last winter for most sport franchises? Ford said that no decision has been made for the professional sport as of yet, so it will be interesting to see what decision will be made with regards to the NHL teams. Ford was also asked questions about travelers entering the province and country, and Ford said that he does not want to wait for the federal government to approve COVID-19 testing for international travelers, and he wants this procedure in place immediately. Some concerns were raised particularly in relation to the international flights that have landed from Heathrow Airport in London, where the United Kingdom is experiencing a new coronavirus strain that is said to be 70% more contagious than the current strain 
strain of COVID-19 that we have been dealing with. The Trudeau government did put a halt on flights from the UK for 72 hours as of 12.01 a.m. on Monday, December 21st. Ford expressed that he desperately wants the international borders to be closed to reduce the transmission in our communities from people who are being tested positive with COVID-19 and who are bringing the virus into our country. Lastly, Ford was questioned about the decision to not create a curfew for Ontarians, as that has proved to shut down the virus in places like Australia and France. Ford said he never believed in a draconian state and does not believe in taking away the rights that Ontario residents have to freely go about their communities. However, it is important to keep in mind that it is not recommended to travel between different public health units during this time, so that way we can contain the virus as well as its transmission. Thanks, Alex. We'll now go over to a recording of the announcement from Queen's Park by Premier Doug Ford, followed by remarks from Ontario Minister of Health Christine Elliott and Dr. Naveed Mohammed, President and CEO of the William Osler Health System, followed by a Q&A with the press. Well, good afternoon. I want to start by giving you an honest assessment of where we stand today in Ontario. We saw this morning's modelling that our COVID-19 numbers continue to accelerating at an alarming rate. Unfortunately, despite the restrictions, we've seen growing numbers of people traveling between regions within Ontario. COVID is spreading rapidly from high outbreak areas to areas with fewer cases. As it does, our hospitals are filling up more each day. We've seen a 70% increase in hospitalizations and 80% increase in ICU admissions in the past few weeks. Remember, 75% of our intensive care unit beds at any given time are taken up by people who have had car accidents or heart attacks or other emergencies. My friends, above all, we need to preserve capacity in our ICUs and our hospitals. But because of increased cases of COVID-19 filling up our hospitals, we're on the verge of canceling more elective surgeries. And we already have thousands and thousands of backlog surgeries. And I'm glad to have Dr. Mohammed, CEO of William Osler Hospital here, to tell you what he recently told me about the situation in our hospitals. My friends, we've seen in other jurisdictions what out of control caseloads and deaths look like. And I am also extremely alarmed by reports of a new strain of COVID-19 that is much more contagious than what we've seen and what we've been facing so far. This is an extremely serious threat, one we must take seriously. We need to ensure that our border is secure. We need to be certain that we're catching cases of COVID before they have a chance of spreading in our communities. Otherwise, the sacrifices were once again asking Ontarians to make, there for nothing. That's why we have continually, and I'm going to repeat this, continually asked the federal government to secure our borders. 
63,000 people are going unchecked every week just through Pearson International Airport. And I can tell you, if they won't act further, at minimum, we need to test air travelers when they arrive at the airport. This is critical. And if they don't do it, we will do it ourselves if needed. Friends, the vaccine has started to trickle in, but due to limits in supply, it will be months before we have mass immunization. In the meantime, we need to do everything in our power to protect our hospitals and our most vulnerable. We need a runway for the vaccine to roll out. That's why, after consulting with the Chief Medical Officer of Health, listening to hospital CEOs and other health experts, and extensive discussions at the Cabinet table and caucus throughout the weekend, I'm announcing today that Ontario will enter a province-wide shutdown starting at 12.01 a.m. on December 26. This difficult action is without a doubt necessary to save lives and prevent our hospitals from being overwhelmed in the coming weeks. Make no mistake, thousands of lives are at stake right now. If we fail to take action now, the consequences could be catastrophic. And as Premier, it's my duty to act. As Premier, it falls on me to make the difficult but necessary decisions. And I will never, ever shy away from my duty to protect the people of Ontario. This province-wide shutdown, it's a temporary but one-time measure in response to the exceptional circumstances we're facing. We're asking all Ontarians to stay at home and only leave when absolutely necessary, such as work, groceries, prescriptions, or medical appointments. Essential businesses, such as grocery stores and pharmacies, will remain open at reduced capacity. Other retailers will be open for curbside pickup and deliveries only. The restrictions will be made in place for a period of 14 days in Northern Ontario and for a period of 28 days in Southern Ontario. Dr. Williams and his team will keep a close eye on what the data tells us to determine if it's safe to lift any restrictions or if they need to be extended. I want to speak directly to those in areas of the province that are currently in yellow or green. The risk of interprovincial travel and further spread is a real concern. We've seen that people are moving from regions to region and bringing COVID with them. The health officials are telling us that province-wide action is needed if we're going to break these trends. We also know Quebec is shutting down. So areas like Ottawa, which have done a great job, and I want to give a shout out to the folks of Ottawa and the mayor out there, you've done a great job at lowering numbers. From high numbers, you brought them down. We'll be at a tremendous risk over the holidays of people flooding in across the border if they were to stay open. And we've seen it before in Ottawa from the Quebecers, and we love Quebecers, but they'll be flowing into Ottawa. But we will continue to monitor the data and make adjustments if necessary. As part of this shutdown, we're also looking at our schools. I want to be clear, 
schools are not part of the problem of COVID in our communities, but out of an abundance of caution, school closures over the winter break will be extended. Students from kindergarten to grade eight will resume in-class instruction on January 11th. High school students will resume learning remotely on the 11th and return to in-class instructions on January 25th. Asking students and staff to stay home a little longer will help ensure we do what's needed to control the spread. These are decisions that are extremely difficult, but they're absolutely critical. And I know how much our businesses are struggling. That's why I have directed our finance minister to review our existing business support programs. We will be launching the new Ontario Small Business Support Grant, which will provide a minimum of $10,000 and up to $20,000 to be eligible small business owners to help them through this challenging time. That's up to $20,000 to help hundreds of thousands of businesses across the province. And they will decide where those funds are needed most. Every day, we learn more about this terrible virus. And the hard truth is that it's not going anywhere until we're able to vaccinate more Ontarians. So as we enter this province-wide shutdown, I've asked Dr. Williams to work with our public health experts to review what lessons we've learned about COVID and about our framework and what updates could be implemented, including to our small business sector, small business sector, I should say, as we continue to roll out vaccines. My friends, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And I've seen how resilient and strong we are as a people during this first wave and now into the second. The vaccines are on their way. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and I'm asking everyone to stay strong just a little bit longer. Together, we will get through this. Thank you and God bless the people of Ontario. Now I'll pass it over to Minister Elliott. Thank you, Premier, and good afternoon. These are extraordinary times which have required an extraordinary response. This has included significant investments in our hospital system to support our frontline healthcare workers and those they care for. This year, we have invested $2.5 billion more in our hospitals, the largest year-over-year -year percentage increase in a decade. At the height of the first wave of COVID-19, we planned for 1,000 new acute care beds and nearly 500 critical care beds and took steps to ensure hospitals have the staff available to serve care for a sudden surge in patients. And this fall, we invested in over 2,000 new beds at 57 hospitals and alternate health facilities across the province. Despite these efforts to support our hospitals, the current trends show more needs to be done. We continue to see sharp increases in hospitalizations and ICU occupancy is reaching concerning levels. The situation in our hospitals is a reflection of the spread of COVID-19 in our communities. And that is why today we are taking the very difficult but necessary step of imposing a province-wide shutdown. Urgent and immediate action must be taken to prevent our healthcare system from becoming overwhelmed, to protect our long-term care residents and to save lives. We also recognize that more needs to be done to ensure the health and well-being of all Ontarians. 
We know from the data that COVID-19 doesn't affect all populations and neighborhoods equally. Unfortunately, communities where we see COVID-19 outbreaks can also face socio-demographic barriers. This virus requires tailored community-based responses to address these barriers and help stop the virus's spread. To that end, our government is working to implement a high-priority community strategy. Working across government and with our local partners, we will be investing $42 million in funding to support 15 high-priority communities in Toronto, Peel, York, Durham and Ottawa. We will be delivering three key interventions. Tailored community outreach and engagement so that people are aware of the services and supports available. Increased access to testing, including more locations tailored to the unique needs of Ontario's many and varied communities. Transportation assistance and the use of rapid testing. And wraparound supports using a case management approach that will allow individuals to isolate safely, whether that means at home or at an isolation facility. These measures will help to contain the virus in our high-risk communities. Issuing a province-wide shutdown was not an easy decision, especially right before the holidays. But we have reached a tipping point. While the province-wide shutdown is in effect, the Chief Medical Officer will assess and apply lessons learned thus far to the COVID-19 response framework to ensure appropriate and effective measures are in place to help and protect the health of Ontarians and enable economic recovery after the shutdown ends. With the arrival of a vaccine, the light at the end of the tunnel grows brighter every day, but we must remain vigilant. I strongly encourage everyone to stay home and continue to follow public health measures. We've flattened the curve before and we can do it again. Thank you. And I would now like to invite Dr. Naveed Mohammed, President and Chief Executive Officer of William Osler Health System to the podium. Dr. Mohammed. Good afternoon and thank you, Minister Elliott. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. The COVID-19 pandemic has impacted communities all across Ontario. Peel Region and North Etobicoke have been hit specially hard during this pandemic. Osler's two acute care hospitals, Brampton Civic and Etobicoke General, have been very seriously impacted by the rise in COVID-19 cases in our communities. Just this morning, we have 147 cases of COVID-19 in our organization. Our vital workforce has also been impacted by these pressures, as a growing number of healthcare workers are unable to work because they have contacted the virus themselves. And then there is the emotional toll it is taking as our dedicated staff and physicians provide care to what is on most days the highest number of COVID-19 patients in the province. Our teams have been going nonstop since March. They are very, and they continue to be committed to fighting the pandemic and to be there for our patients and our communities. Last week, for the second time over the past month, Osler further reduced surgical capacity across Brampton Civic and Etobicoke General. This means postponing some elective scheduled surgeries, non-urgent minor procedures, and diagnostic imaging until a later time. While this helps us redirect some staff to areas of greatest need, 
we know it is not enough to get us through the challenging time ahead, and it will have impacts over the longer term. We recognize that without stronger public health measures, we will continue to see a steady increase in hospitalizations and admissions to intensive care. And we know, as do many of our peer hospitals, that our ability to continue to provide safe patient care is at great risk. Actions like the ones being announced today are critical for Ontario's hospitals and for our patients. We're grateful to the Premier and to Minister Elliott, Minister Lecce, and Dr. Williams for their leadership in announcing these additional measures today and for their ongoing support of Ontario's hospitals. Please stay safe. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Mohamed. Okay, we'll go to the phone line for question. First question, please. First question comes from Chris Rushley at, at the Toronto Star. Please go ahead. Hey, Chris. Oh, hi, yes, thank you. My first question is for the Premier. Um, we've just heard from your COVID science table this morning that a lockdown needs to start as early as possible. They said the sooner the better, and that if it started today, thousands of cases could be avoided. So I'm just wondering why you're waiting for five days until now, until Boxing Day. Why not do this today? Well, we've seen in the gray area that uh, businesses are locked down, and uh, we want to give the same opportunities to businesses that haven't experienced a, a, a lockdown before, and there's a tremendous amount of them across the province. Give them the opportunity to uh, get ready and get ready to hunker down. We can't do it overnight and leave these people with the inventory, uh, especially the restaurants with food inventory. We, we need to give them an opportunity to uh, get this done, and this will carry on till uh, January. Follow-up? Um, yes, and the advisory table this morning, they said that Ontario is following in the footsteps of other jurisdictions in terms of this second surge, and that we're a month or so behind them. And I'm just wondering if that is the case, why has the province not learned from their experiences, even their mistakes, and why has it not taken action sooner? Well, I'm going to respectfully disagree. We're, we're taking action every single day. Uh, we learn by our mistakes, like everyone does. But to put this into perspective, um, if you want to start comparing us, we still have the lowest cases per 100,000 in North America. You look at our, our death rate, which is, which is always terrible. Compare that to other regions in North America uh, where, where we're at. And I'll, I'll pass this to Dr. Williams because he has the numbers uh, down pat. But we're, we're still doing fairly well. But we don't want this getting out of hand to the point that you, you've seen what happened over in Australia. Severe lockdowns. It's not even close to what Australia is doing or France had to do or what you're seeing in, in the UK. And that's very concerning. God forbid this new... new uh, you know, the, the spread comes over here, uh, like they see in the UK right now, uh, we're, we're even in deeper trouble. We have to be proactive, and I'll always side on the air of, of health and caution. Um, and, and instead of, uh, you know, I'd rather be door knocking and, and talk to someone that we've helped out in a small business compared to door knocking and talking to people out on the street that lost a loved one because of COVID because we didn't uh, act quick enough. We're acting, we're being decisive, and I'll always listen to our health experts. I'll pass it to Dr. Williams.
Yes, well, thank you, Premier. And I, I think the point I want to raise is that with our modelers, they're saying if we follow the case growth rates of other countries, it doesn't mean we're following identically what they're doing or what we're not doing. As the Premier said, we're doing a lot of other things some of the other countries are not doing. So no one is identical in that way. We have a different makeup. Our amount of testing per capita is one of the highest in the world, and we continue to drive that forward. At the same time, our unique school program and a number of the issues that we have implemented here in Ontario. That doesn't mean we're satisfied with that. We want to make sure that our modelers identify any worrisome trends and we move on it as assertively as possible because we don't want to go there. We want to bring it down as soon as possible. That's why we're bringing down, down the provincial lockdown. We want to bend the curve. We want it down below. Yes, we were one of the lowest per 100,000 in North America. We'd like to be even lower. We like it right down as we get ready for vaccines to arrive. Next question. Next question comes from Graham Richardson at CTV Ottawa. Please go ahead. Hi, Graham. Hi, Premier. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of people here, as you can imagine, are talking about our numbers and how low they are. Your own provincial numbers suggesting uh, positivity rate in Ottawa is lower than virtually everyone. What do you say to people here who say, we've done absolutely everything to bring the numbers down and you're still locking us down and they're very angry? And I, I can appreciate that. I understand why they're angry. They worked very hard. Their numbers were very high at one point. They worked very hard, all the people in the Ottawa region. Uh, but we've seen it before. When uh, we open up and Quebec closes down, guess what happens? We have the Quebecers. Nothing against Quebecers. I love the Quebecers, but they're, they'll come over in droves. Numbers will dr be driven back up, and we will uh, be reviewing after a couple weeks uh, the yellow and green areas uh, in a couple weeks, and we'll talk about that further uh, as we, we head uh, closer to that. But uh, again, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it to uh, Dr. Williams. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you for the question. I think we want to understand is that while we have different parts of the province that have low rates at the moment, uh, it doesn't mean they have a whole bunch of immune people in the community. They still have a low rate of infectivity. It can explode any time with the introduction of super spreaders and other materials in there. So we want to make sure that does not occur. We've seen some of our green areas and areas that have been very quiet for a long time, all of a sudden with cases coming in, it picks up very fast, moves through the community, and they go from green to yellow to orange to red very fast. And some of those other areas have less resources to deal with that. So our preventative measures are as important as our reactive measures. That's why we're putting in the lockdown. We don't want Ottawa to lose what ground they had. Keep it that way so when we come back out again, we're starting even better perhaps. They may be below their own level. They may be down below orange at that level. This is what we want to do. Let's not lose ground. Let's now focus. People need to pay attention. Stick to the public health measures. Do what you need to do and follow them because collectively we can bring these numbers down across the whole province and get us into a much better state as we prepare for vaccination. Follow up. Follow up for the Premier. Um, it appears that professional hockey is getting an exemption here. Um, can you explain why that is when um, it's like, are they going to be traveling? Are they going to be uh, going from rink to rink while everybody else is uh, sitting around not doing anything? Well, what I understand, that's in front of the, the health table right now. No decision has, has been made on that yet. Next question. Next question is from Cynthia Mulligan at City News. Please go ahead. Hi, Cynthia. 
Hi, Premier. I want to press you a little bit more on the question that Chris Rochelle from the Star asked you about why you're waiting uh, till Boxing Day, after Boxing Day, to, to do this, when your own modeling just released over two hours ago clearly showed that tens of thousands of cases could be avoided if you started immediately. I know you said you want to give businesses a break, but are you trying to make a compromise? And, and can you make, sorry, it's Boxing Day. Ivana is just texting me with a clarification. My apologies. On Boxing Day, can you, can you please explain why you're risking tens of thousands of more cases by waiting till Boxing Day when your own modeling shows that up to 45,000 can be avoided? Are you trying to make a compromise and can you compromise during a pandemic? No, I'm not compromising anything, but the vast majority of the hot areas are already in the gray zone, be it York, Peel, uh, Toronto, uh, and I, I believe Hamilton as, as well, but um, they're, they're, they're already in, in lockdown. I'm encouraging everyone uh, right now, as I'm talking right this second, uh, do not have visitors over to your house. Don't be celebrating with people outside your, your direct household. But I have to be fair to these businesses that have massive inventory that, uh, you know, they, they, they have to get ready. They need to hunker down. And uh, we're, we're going to go full steam at this on December 26. So I'll, I'll pass it over to uh, the Minister of Health. Thank you. Well, it, as the Premier indicated, these businesses do need the time in order to prepare for the lockdown, but uh, we also really want people to please just stay at home to reduce the community transmission, to prevent those cases from skyrocketing even further ahead. Make sure you continue to follow the public health rules about physical distancing, wearing a face mask if you're not able to do that or you're going out in public and going into stores and so on um, for groceries and our, our pharmacy items. Um, and also washing hands frequently and staying home if you don't feel well. That's the best way for us to help reduce the curve in addition to the other measures that we're putting forward today. Follow up. Thank you. Uh, my next question is for the Premier as well. Yes. Premier, uh, the modeling a couple of hours ago also showed that lockdowns were effective in France and in Australia, but they had curfews. Uh, you have last week said that you are not considering a curfew. Uh, so what you're, what you're putting into implementation, is that not going to just encourage people to spend more time in each other's homes? What is this doing to actually stop people from going home to home? Well, before I send it to Dr. Williams, I'm, I'm asking people to cooperate like they have throughout this whole pandemic. The reason we have one of the lowest numbers in, in North America is because people are listening. I don't, I've never believed in the police state. I, I don't believe in going there. And I saw some draconian measures in, in Australia, uh, but they ended up getting the, the numbers down. They were uh, in, in pretty bad shape there. But uh, again, I'm just asking for the support of the people. The quicker we get through this, the quicker businesses can open up the quicker we can get life back to normal. If we just drag our heels and just sit back and do nothing that some people may want us to do, it'd be a catastrophe. It'd be an absolute nightmare. If I, if I sat back and sure, there's groups of people out there just saying, don't do anything. Well, talk to Dr. Muhammad when, when he has patients coming in to William Osler 
uh, either, either Etobicoke General or, or Brampton. And they, the frontline people have to tell them that there's no more beds. Or talk to his frontline healthcare workers that are absolutely exhausted, exhausted, been going for 10 months around the clock. You know, if, if we, ha we have to get this done. Do it for your loved ones, your grandparents, your friends, your family. God forbid someone gets in an accident over, over the, the holidays and they rush to a hospital and there's no, there's no ICU beds because they're taken up by COVID patients. Or talk about the, the over 200,000 people on backlog surgeries that are waiting for a cancer operation or have a heart attack. You know, and it, it, you just look at the numbers. Even if 20, I'm throwing these wild numbers out, 20% of the people don't agree. I'll guarantee you within that 20%, one of their loved ones or, or, or someone, a friend or a family member is going to go to their doc with an issue and they're going to say, I'm sorry, but the COVID uh, beds are, are taking up the ICU units. You know, if, if you have a problem, a health problem, do you listen to your doctor or you just leave the doc's office and say, I'm not listening to him. I listen to the docs and I've listened to the docs from day one for 10 months and I'm not, I'm not going to waver. I, I don't care if people are doing cartwheels, anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers, anyways, any, anyone. I'm listening to the healthcare experts. They've got us this far and I'm going to continue uh, listening to them. And may, maybe I'll pass it over to Dr. Muhammad and he can tell you some of the stories that he's facing uh, at, at uh, two of the busiest hospitals in Ontario right now. Thank you, Premier Ford. Yeah, for, first of all, as a healthcare worker, my focus is very narrow. My focus is to look after the sick patients to serve the community. I don't have to worry about everything else that's happening in the province. And I don't envy Premier's uh, position in everything that he has to look at when he announces lockdowns like this. Yes, of course, we'd like things to be immediate, but we are going to continue to follow the directions of the ministry and do our best to take care of the patients that appear at our doors. I can tell you that the surgeries that we are canceling are people that have been waiting for certain surgeries in pain uh, for two to three years. Knee surgeries, hip surgeries, gallbladder surgeries. People are getting gallbladder attacks uh, and have had to come into the emergency to get pain relief, but their surgery can't be scheduled. And then we go to the really sick people, the heart attacks, the kidney failures, the hypertension, the car accidents, and the other traumas, people that are falling down the stairs or just hurting themselves uh, at home and breaking their bones to even schedule their surgery. It's taking a very, very difficult time. All I can ask my community and everyone in Ontario is that even if the lockdown doesn't start till Boxing Day, it is our responsibility to follow the instructions and stay at home as if the lockdown started today. The only people that will change this is our community members and our citizens. We can ask questions and answer questions back and forth, but until the people in this province realize what each trip out of their home risks for themselves and for their loved ones, we won't get through this. So please stay home starting today and please be safe. Thank you. Next question. Next question comes from Chris Glover at CBC News. Please go ahead. Hi, Chris. Hey there, Premier. Uh, thanks so much for taking our questions. There's something that people are kind of pointing out on Twitter and uh, whatnot as they're reacting to all of this, and that is the fact that 
On the one hand, there was earlier discussions that this lockdown might have come on the 24th, and yet now we're hearing that it's coming on the 26th. Uh, people are also noticing the fact that you're saying that health is your first priority, and yet none of the people there are wearing masks. And so I think the big underlying question here is, how are you proving to Ontarians that you're not talking out of both sides of your mouth here? Again, I'm, I'm, let's go back a little bit. I'm a businessman. I understand the struggles that businesses have to face every single day. The struggles they face to meet a payroll, come up with a marketing plan. And I've seen what has happened firsthand talking to business owners throughout this pandemic. What I have to tell them, we're going to be there for you as we have right from the beginning. We have a 10, starting at 10000 up to a $20,000 grant, grant, free money to support these businesses. Uh, and on top of that, we're taking care of 90% of their rent. We're taking 65% of their wages. We're taking care of all their overhead, be it taxes, gas bills, uh, and anything to do with overhead. So we're supporting them. We also know that January is one of the slowest months when it comes to businesses. And we either do it now during the Christmas break, or we do it in February when people start picking up business or, or, or March. We need to nip this in the butt now. But I can reassure every single business owner out there, we're there for you. We're going we're gonna to support you. We, we have the funds, the grants there that are going to be accessible to all businesses, up to 100 employees and, and lower. Uh, please apply. We have $660 million for another grant on, on, on energy cost. Um, so we're, we're there for you and we're gonna get through this and we're gonna succeed and we will be the leader in North America when we go through this in job creation, economic development as sure as I'm standing here. We will get through this together and I will be there every step of the way for you, supporting you. Follow up. Uh, you already talked about the new strain um, that they've detected in the UK and I'm curious if you could go into a bit more detail as to what efforts are underway in Ontario to try to detect if anyone has arrived from the UK recently that might have that new strain and uh, will you be going back to those who recently arrived and, and doing any sort of genetic sequencing? Well before I hand it to the Minister of Health, folks, we've been in talks with the federal government for weeks upon weeks about doing testing at the airport. And we've been great partners. We've collaborated all the way. Why they're ignoring us on this is beyond me. We have 64,000 people that went through Pearson last week, basically unchecked, and through self-service, we can see people, people are not quarantining, um, all of them. We saw about 25%, roughly, roughly. Yeah, I don't care if it's 10%. These, these folks are roaming the streets and we're letting it happen. If there, there's one area that we need to improve is at our borders. You know, we, we can't have rules for a group of Ontario, all of Ontario, and then when it comes to everyone else, and these, by the way, these are international flights, 64,000. That's, that's not including all of the people coming in from everywhere else uh, throughout our country. So why they ignore us is, is beyond me. Maybe that's a good question you can, you can ask the Prime Minister. But I'll tell you, if the Prime Minister doesn't want to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm not going to put the people of Ontario at risk just because the federal government doesn't want to do tests. We will be doing tests no matter 
if they support us, which I hope they do, or if they don't support us, which just boggles my mind why they wouldn't, we will be doing tests at Pearson Airport with cooperation, hopefully, with the GTAA. And if they, they want to help us, well, we'll, do, we'll be doing ride checks on the side of the road as people exit because we're not putting people at risk here at Ontario. As the Prime Minister's favorite saying is, there's a hole in the roof. Well, Prime Minister, I can tell you, at Pearson International Airport, there is no roof. It's coming pouring in. It's coming pouring in. There is no roof. No checks, no nothing. Go enjoy yourself, and let's hope that you quarantine for 14 days that I know 100% of the people are not listening. I'll pass it over to the Minister. Well, since the beginning of this pandemic, it has been extremely important to um, make sure that our borders are secure, to make sure that we are checking people that are coming in, to make sure that they're not um, transmitting COVID-19 into the general population. And as the Premier indicated, we have asked the federal government on a number of occasions since the beginning for further assistance with this. But if we have to do it, we will do it alone because this is a vital part of reducing transmission. Now, the strain that you've been speaking about that seems to be coming from the UK is said to be 70% more transmissible than COVID-19, generally speaking. We don't know that much about it now. I understand there has been a 72-hour delay or postponement of any flights arriving in from the UK, but there's more work that needs to be done on it. But as to the specific nature of, the, of uh, this particular strain, I will ask Dr. Williams to please come forward and say a few words about it. So thank you, Minister, and that's one of the things that's really different about this as compared to our first SARS. Our genomic sequencing is happening at light speed. Uh, we are following that, we're monitoring that. I know two months ago I asked our med microbiologists, are we seeing changes in the strain? Because it's always moving, always um, mutating, and sometimes attenuating, that's a big term. It's changing in how its behavior is in the public. And so it doesn't surprise me that we're seeing this in the UK at the moment. We already have asked. We do, have, do not have the cases here yet detected in Ontario. It is in other places besides the UK. Some other European countries have found some cases there. That's the advantage of our modern technology. We're keeping an eye on it. We're watching for it. And we're watching to make sure what's happening to the strains that are circulating here. So it's that ongoing vigilance and laboratory surveillance that's as critical as well. And certainly we would inform citizens of Ontario if there was a risk. But as the Premier said, our main task is to make sure it doesn't come in in someone's uh, respiratory system into Canada when they should be quarantining and being observed with all care and precautions. Last question. Last question comes from Ashley Legatic at Newstalk 1010. Please go ahead. Hi, Ashley. Ashley? Okay, we'll go to the next question. Question is from Brian Lilly at the Toronto Sun. Please go ahead. Hi, Brian. Uh, Premier, you've mentioned the airport at Pearson a couple of times today. Yeah. The, uh, the fact is that uh, despite the 72-hour uh, pause, a flight arrived around 11 a.m. this morning from London Heathrow at Pearson in about 45 minutes. Another plane from London will arrive with capacity to carry about 450 people. We've had 54 flights arrive at Pearson in the last two weeks with COVID-infected passengers. 
Can you tell me if you've raised with the, this with the Prime Minister or the Deputy Prime Minister, what specifically have you asked them to do, and uh, you know what has been their response? You sound frustrated, but I'm wondering if well, you can give us specifics on this. I, I, I am frustrated, and it's a good question, Brian, because this is a no-brainer. You know, we, we, we have our, our borders are like a sieve, like a spaghetti drainer. The, no, they aren't getting checked. Uh, there are exemptions for people, and the only people, in my opinion, should be exempt are truck drivers, healthcare workers, emergency service uh, workers. But I, I hear there's some, some other folks that get an exemption. There shouldn't be an exemption. We have to tighten up the borders. It's as simp simple as that. We've we have requested numerous times to do testing. We've been working collaboratively uh, with the GTAA. They've, from what I understand, they went out and bought furniture. They have everything ready to go. And when the Minister of Health, uh, uh, Minister Elliott, had talked to the Minister of Health, uh, it's just it just keep dragging the ball. You know, we 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 have I, I use the roof as an example. There is no roof. The water's pouring in, and they they keep dragging the ball. I I can't figure it out. Maybe someone up in Ottawa needs needs to ask them directly. Why are you doing this? There is there is no reason. Let's get the testing at the airport and stop the leak. Stop the leak. It doesn't matter if there's ten people getting through. That's ten too many that are going to be out in the community spreading spreading COVID. Uh, and, and the other program that we've had, and I haven't had a chance to mention it, about we're, we're going to support people because there's a lot of people that get COVID. They have no place to go. We, we have COVID ho uh, hotels ready to go that they'll be able to go and stay at a hotel. So uh, again, I implore, implore the federal government to take action. Take action at the borders not, not just in Ontario, in my opinion, right, right across the country. As, as people are flowing in, we're doing nothing, but I can promise the people of Ontario, I'm not waiting for the federal government anymore. We will be doing tests at the airport as sure as I'm talking to you today. Follow up. Should it just be testing for international travelers at the airport or, or should it be closed? You know, as I said, 54 international flights, uh, five of them from London into uh, t uh, Toronto, uh, others involving about the same number from Cancun, Frankfurt, New Delhi. Uh, later today, we've got flights coming in from, from Tampa, from Dallas, from everywhere. People in Ontario are being told, don't go out of your home, and we've got international flights coming in. Should we just have those international flights stopped? They, they can't be Canadians coming back in uh, after the, uh, the the lockdown was announced in March, they've had plenty of time to do that. Should we just be stopping international flights rather than saying we'll we'll be doing testing? Well, Brian, again, good question. Every Canadian citizen has the right to come back in. Uh, my concern is about international uh, travelers. At minimum, at minimum, they should be tested. I'll leave it up to the federal government if they're going to continue letting people come in, but at minimum, get tested. You know, that, that puts, puts a, a wall of security, not only once. Our recommendation to the federal government was as soon as they land, they get tested. They quarantine for seven days, we get tested again. So that's a double whammy. And, and, and that should secure our borders. But again, I, I want to work with the federal government. I want to collaborate with the federal government. But when we're getting the door shut on our face every time we talk and then just, you know, the ball keeps getting thrown down the, the field, uh, it's unacceptable. This is a no-brainer. Either you're going to help us and you're going to help the people, which are constituents of yours as well, 
or are you just going to throw up your arms and we'll do it ourselves? Time will tell, but I'm not waiting for the federal government or I'll be waiting forever. We're going out there. We're going to start testing people at the, uh, at the airports. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. In the meantime, until December 26th at 12.01 a.m., Kingston is still in the orange level as of Monday, December 21st. And that move to orange restrict level means that there are intermediate public health measures in effect in the KFLNA region. The additional measures include limited hours of operations for certain settings, limits on the hours for sale at food and drink establishments, limits on the number of individuals permitted in certain settings, and required screening of patrons to establishments. Dr. Kieran Moore noted last week that we are facing a critical time in the fight against this virus, and he further noted that we're relying on residents, businesses, services, and workplaces in KFLNA to follow these new regulations to limit the spread of COVID-19 in their settings. The KFLNA is also reminding residents that they must stay home if they have symptoms, to physically distance by staying two meters apart from people that they don't live with, to wear a mask or face covering in indoor public spaces, and to avoid non-essential travel. For more information on how to stay safe, visit kflna.ca and follow them on Twitter for the latest updates. Thank you for listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. From all of us here at the station, we wish you a very happy and safe holiday season. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.